Hello, and welcome to the December 2017 episode of Breakout. Today, we're talking about our Christmas lists and looking back at the year just passed. I'm sound designer Rich Jeffrey, and joining me are my usual co-hosts, writer Chrissy Harrison, and comic book writer and filmmaker Mark Adams. Hello there. Hello. So, the festive season is finally upon us again. And what better way to celebrate the season of goodwill, friends and family, than to talk about what we hope to gain out of said friends and family and focusing on anything other than the holidays. So, first up, let's start with talking about what we've been up to since our last podcast. Um, Chrissy, let's start with you. Uh, well, um, last time uh, I think I, I mentioned that I was making arrangements to get my book published next year and uh, I've been furiously working on edits for that, which I am very behind on, but um, I'm making progress, so that's happening. Um, I did uh, NaNoWriMo this year, which I managed to hit the disappointingly close but no cigar target of uh, 43,500 so out of 50,000. So, um, yes, my graph was a little bit sad at the end. So, yeah, next year. Funnily enough, I vaguely looked in the direction of NaNoWriMo, wrote 2,000 words and forgot all about it. It was quite nice. <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, I went, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to write a short story. And actually, considering I'm aiming for about a 4,000 word story, it's, and I've, I've got about three quarters of the way overall and so I'm going to finish that and I don't really write prose that much I have done in the past but it was sort of an exercise to get back into it really so that was fun other than that really um, making that uh, clown face film I may have mentioned five or six times in the last podcast which has been quite fun yeah. some, uh, some weird thing with clowns some weird thing involving clowns uh, I'm, clowns are following me I'm actually getting stalked by clowns now it's quite unnerving hmm Meanwhile, I have mostly been working on the editing on an audiobook, which is coming out sometime. Um, I think we'll be looking at early next year, won't we? So, yeah, so uh, be early next year. Um, and spent a good chunk of November watching Desert Bus for Hope, a charity event where run in part by Loading Ready Run, who are a comedy sketch troupe based in Canada. For around a week, they spend time playing the most boring game ever created. How many points did they get? I can't remember. I think they might have got four. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, I'm not sure. They they had a lot of crashes this year, I think. Um, I think they, they did uh, talk about um, some of the previous year's stats and uh, they did say that their highest point score ever, in uh, they've been doing it for 11 years now, wow. uh, their highest point score ever was 14, but it mm. takes eight hours to get a point, so that's 14 points as eight you know, uh, 14 times eight hours consecutive playing without crashing the bus. So that's pretty impressive. If you want to find out more about Desert Bus, you can find them on our website, desertbus.org. Uh, in addition, uh, Desert Bus VR just came out in the last two weeks, uh, as of this recording, uh, which is a virtual reality version so of Desert Bus. So you can drive your own Desert Bus across the, the desert between Las Vegas and Tucson. Um, in the, real time. <laughs> the fundraising from uh, Desert Bus goes to Child's Play Charity, um, who support um, children in hospitals by uh, providing uh, video games and other um, you know, entertainment and, and, uh, and support for, for, for children who are suffering with illnesses. So they're a very mm. cool charity. So in terms of other things that have happened in 2017... Um, Let's talk about our favourite moments that have happened over the course of the last 
11 months. Well, since you mentioned Child's Play, I watched Cult of Chucky. That was fun. <laughs> um, as for the rest of 2017, well... That cup of tea was quite nice. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the highlight of 2017. <laughs> I, I feel like as well that I've been a bit of a hermit this year because um, Rich and I moved in, into a new house in early February, January, February time. Um, so for the first sort of four months of that, all of our spare time was spent decorating and then all of our spare time was spent doing other things. And I just feel like I haven't really engaged with this year. This year has kind of passed me by and I've kind of done my own thing. Well, I think I'd like to add then, because my timekeeping skills are terrible and I didn't realise that was this year, clearly one of the highlights was a Nerf gun battle in said empty house at the start of the that year. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a good highlight to the year and that happened in January. <laughs> so yeah, so if you're buying a new house, the first thing I recommend that you do is rip out all the carpets and have a Nerf gun battle. Yeah, it was fun. And if you're not buying a new house, well... Whip out the carpets and have a Nerf gun battle. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much worth it. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, we only managed to break two Nerf guns in the process yes. of that, yeah, in that yeah. uh, event. Uh, I'm terribly sorry, Tom, we still haven't not fixed that, uh, no, that Nerf gun. I, I think it's possibly because we don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of handed it to Rich and said, fix it, and Rich was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I think pretty much my response was, I'm not sure how to fix it. And Tom replied, we'll just hold on to it anyway. I think uh, he's failing to realise Rich can only fix things that are digital, mostly. No, I can <laughs> fix mechanical things as well. Uh, let's let's not shortchange me. Yeah. So anyway, so I sort of emerged from my cave kind of uh, sometime during the summer, which was actually a summer. We had like hot weather this year, and, and don't believe you. I uh, know it, it actually happened. I saw it. There was sunshine, and it didn't rain, and there was like a proper summer, which you know is a bit weird. Hmm. I'm trying to remember this, but it's all a blur. Well, I, I think probably the main reason I know this was because um, where I was working, our air conditioning was broken. <laughs> and so I, I sweated through a lot of the summer of 2017. Um, yeah, I do remember one of the hottest days, um, which I think was that day that you got uh, sent home from your office. Um, I got in our car at about three o'clock in the afternoon and it read 43. That, I, I, suddenly <laughs> I'm remembering this. And the main thing that reminded me is, oh, yes, it was the incredible, horrible heat that inspired the short story I was writing. Oh, yes, I've <laughs> Just remembered also on the hottest day of the year, which was somewhere in the middle of August, I went to go see Paramore in the Colston Hall. Now, the Colston Hall has no air conditioning, and it was a sold out gig. It was an epic gig. It was, it was, it was an it was amazing so gig, but it was quite warm. It was, and I must it, admit, I've never, I came out damp uh, because the whole like room was just like moist. <laughs> it was not the hottest gig I've ever been to. That one is still saved for the. Um, for the gig seeing DJ Yoda at Plymouth University, um, where actually it got so hot that at the end... Everyone of, was on fire. No, it got so hot that at the end of the set, it was raining indoors. Ew. Oh, dear. <laughs> Speaking of the summer, one last thing on the summer. Rich, do explain to the, the listeners what it was that you discovered that was sold by the ice cream truck outside of where you worked. Oh, yes. Um, so... Coffee? No, it was better <laughs> than that. Um, the ice cream truck uh, outside my former, I say former place of work, we moved offices. I'm still working at the same job I was, was before. But um, outside there, this is in the at Bristol car park in Bristol, um, they sold a slush mountain. And what a slush mountain is, is it's a slush puppy, be it blue or red, 
with Mr. Whippy ice cream on top. <laughs> and then obviously the strawberry swirl on top of that. It is epic. It is the best thing that you'll ever have during a summer. Next summer, you have to go have one. Heck, in the springtime, there's probably the ice cream truck's probably going to be there. So there. Make it a goal for 2018. Uh, next time you see an ice cream truck, ask them to make you a slush mountain. <laughs> I must admit, one problem is is that eating that amount of artificial colouring doesn't do your uh, uh, your insides very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, you you may have mentioned gigs previously. I think I went to see a band at the Fleece in Bristol, Lesbian Bed Death, uh, which was great on Halloween, which was fun. So there was something else that was good, and of course, I'm, I'm struggling to find things that actually that aren't in some way music or Netflix related. Actually, at this point, because the Defenders and Stranger Things Two are definitely high up on the list of things good about 2017. All in all, 2017 in the real world is probably worth ignoring. I think it's one of those things where with everything else that was happening in the world, most people with any sense locked themselves away with Netflix and drew the curtains and just sat and consumed amazing media. Um, And that was was the best part of 2017. (laughs) That's very true. Um, In addition, I think we talked about in our previous podcast about our favourite films since the podcast before that. Um, And since then, Thor Ragnarok came out. um, And that was not bad. It was pretty good. You should go see it, if it's still out. Which it should be. Yes. Because, to be honest, this Christmas period, the list of films on, not brilliant. You mentioned uh, music gigs. Uh, One gig I did go to, which was completely a fluke. It just turned out that somebody had a ticket at the very last minute was Royal Blood at the Cardiff International Arena. Um, and that was that was an epic gig. That was really, really good and it was really enjoyable. And I'm actually quite impressed about how two people on stage can make so much noise. Right. Um, so that was our favourite moment in 2017, I think. So, as we know, uh, Christmas is coming up and that is gift-giving season. So what thoughts do we have on what we want and would like to have on an indie Christmas list? Ah, I've got sort of like a a few things on here. Um, I had real difficulty sort of putting together a Christmas list and I had great difficulty populating it because my house is full to the rafters with stuff. (laughs) I have just got so much stuff. Books, DVDs, crafting materials, filmmaking equipment um, so much stuff I've just like our house is full um, I mean we have a three bedroom terrace house and um, we, it's full and there's just the two of us and I don't really know how we've done that but we have so I started uh, sort of trying to think outside the box for things that I might want and um, one of the things I came across was that um, Bristol Adult Learning do vouchers so you can actually Um, buy gift vouchers to be used in part or full payment towards uh, learning courses with Bristol Council. So um, that was really cool. So I put that on my list. And one of the things I've got my eye on is a bookbinding course, which is run by a local family bookbinding company in in Bristol. Um, So I will will look up the details of that because I said it's not something I I know exactly who who it is, but I do know that they are are local and I'll pop the details in the bottom. But uh, yeah, give Hmm. the gift of learning. What do you suggest, Mark? Well, I always like to suggest various indie comics out there for anyone who likes to read a a comic book at Christmas. And there's a lot of uh, ones out there that I think are particularly good for various people. If you know people who like the video games and 
slightly grown up, but uh, blackly comic comics, I would certainly suggest the Kill Screen series, which is uh, by Mike Garley and is a, a comic that essentially um, is about a, a the Kill Screen event where all over the world video game viruses and aspects of video game life suddenly become reality and uh, the leading businesses that are so far ahead of their competitor are suddenly destroyed by flying blue shells and um, people get stalked by their followers and they they must follow and stuff there's all sorts of bizarre strange stuff in it but it's just great for that and also another one I'd mention is the Afterlife Inc. series from Big Punch Studios, which is about the afterlife going corporate. And it's incredibly funny, incredibly witty, and written by John Locke. That one's definitely worth a look, and it's suitable for most young teen, maybe, readers and up and stuff. It's got a lot of strong ideas, and it's just a good intro comic to the indie scene. Big Punch Studios, obviously, also producers of Sandwich Masters, one of the best little short play uh, card games that we've had in our games pile for for a couple of years now. And uh, it's so much fun. Yes, it is the best game about making sandwiches that you'll ever play. Yes. You can make the best sandwiches ever, including ones containing broken glass and silk gloves and um, whole cows. My eight-year-old daughter loves it and has beat me at it several times. Excellent. I, I think I've, I've introduced so many people to Sandwich Masters as well, family, uh, you know, and everybody seems to love it. So, And I think to go on the Christmas list of uh, indie things that you should purchase, of course, you know, being Christmas, I would suggest booze. And the booze I would suggest is uh, Psychopomp Gin. Uh, which is a local micro distillery based in Bristol. Uh, they produce a wide variety of gins. I managed to go there last Christmas during my work Christmas party. I enjoyed it so much that I went um, back uh, a week later and bought some. It's so cool. It looks like a like a Victorian apothecary or something. And all of the, the bottles come in these like, you know, they look like something out of a like an old like Victorian uh, sort of chemistry lab and have brown like handwritten labels and everything and they're just like so cool. cool they're amazing and every <laughs> bottle they produce is a limited run so therefore they do a variety whilst they do have some stock ones that they they regularly produce they will also have limited runs throughout the year um, so therefore you know if you are in the area or actually you can order online as well um, then that's Psychopomp mm-hmm. to be honest you're a fan of gin so. you had me at gin <laughs> We're actually quite lucky here in Bristol, actually. We've got quite a few microbreweries um, in mm. the area. Um, I think, um, is there one called Bristol Bristol Brewing Company? The Bristol Beer Factory. That's the one, yeah. Uh, which does a wide selection of beers and they're all very, very good. You should really purchase some mm. of those. Um, also, if you're actually in the Bristol area, I know this is obviously meant to be a very international podcast, but obviously being Bristolian, we do have a lot of things in the area. Um, the Beer Emporium has a very wide selection of beers. So if you're not quite sure which beer you want... Check um, out the Beer Emporium. Ch- go to the Beer Emporium and try a selection of beers. And then which ones you want, go and order them online. Actually, oh, that uh, brings me on to um, another thing I had on my list about recommendations for, for Christmas buying um, was uh, check out local markets. Um, we have an amazing Christmas market in Bristol, um, which we've always found some some great things on in, in for Christmas. In particular, a lot of the local um, brewers and, and um, produce makers um, have stalls there. So, um, yeah, Bristol Christmas market, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, obviously, local markets in your local towns. Yeah. As I say, I always say in terms of other indie stuff, uh, before we move on, I'd say if you'd like 
Most of my stuff is probably horror related. We like independent film. There's uh, From the Shadows, you've got the new horror, extreme horror anthology, uh, Blaze of Gory, which is just the best title, but that's uh, out now and it features the infamous Nathan Head, star of uh, our own Killer Cope film. Um, there's also the books of C.L. Raven, Cardiff Bay writers who do some uh, haunting ghost stories and more horrific stuff as well and there's some good Edinburgh set uh, historical horror novels for those like that so there's, there's lots of independent stuff out there all over the country uh, just get out and uh, have a look and see what you can find one of the things I think is quite tricky with gift giving indie books is um, you know with a lot of people publishing digital only it can be very hard to actually find ways of gift giving digital books because um, obviously the the download services often don't allow you to buy for other people but there's nothing to say that you can't give people vouchers with recommendations a lot of people you know to, to actually give them a list of ideas and things that can be as good as, as, as giving them a physical present so I would mm. also say give the gift of recommendations this year so along with gin yeah gin and recommendations that's a good yeah. combination of things. Speaking of, I think my favourite, uh, just to chime in with a recommendation of a digital-only indie book that um, that I read this year, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I actually came across this one by chance as a, a f- the, the first book in the series is a free download. Um, so there you go. If you don't have any much money to, to spare as well, recommend free downloads for people. Is uh, the I Bring the Fire series by um, C. Gockel. Uh, and uh, she writes um, sort of sci-fi cross uh, Norse mythology and it's um, really cool. Uh, there's a lot, she's got a lot of sort of science background in there which it makes it really interesting the idea of um, dark matter and magic being one and the same which is very cool. Sounds and cool. Uh, yeah it's a six part series the the, the first, uh, first series and I, I came across the first one as a matter of chance because as I said it was a free download um, ebook and then I bought and mainlined the rest of the series in about Everyone likes that <laughs> so there so. you go but in terms of other Christmas things obviously um, a big important part of Christmas and of course the New Year season is um, is film watching now obviously you have all the classics you have It's Wonderful Life you have The Great Escape you know the usual Christmas classics but what would you say is a good Christmas classic Mark? The Great Escape's a Christmas film? Supposedly so. It's not really a Christmas film, but it is always on at Christmas. Yeah, like so. The Sound of Music. Yeah. The Sound of Music, which is not a Christmas film, is a Christmas I've film. I've never seen either of those films at Christmas. However, there is one film that is not a Christmas film that is always a Christmas film. If I was to say my top three films for Christmas, one of them was going to have to be Jason and the Argonauts, which growing up was always on at Christmas. See, that's the same always. vein as as, 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 um, as The Great Escape. It's I a know. classic that is always on at I, all I, around I've Christmas. Never seen, I've only seen those two films in like the last decade at yeah. once, but Jason and the Argonauts, every season, Christmas isn't Christmas until a giant metal man is stepping on people, you know. Um, it's it's just one of those films that is, it's, you've got that 60s kind of style of the old classics got the Harry Harrison Clash of the Titans Skeletons oh yeah there's yeah. that's a that's a great one too but there's something about uh, Argonauts it has that kind of it has some great actors in it Patrick Troughton and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's very much of its time but it's one of those things I just associate with Christmas so that's definitely one of my top three Christmas films I would usually say Back to the Future apart from the fact that now 
at least in the UK, we have a TV channel that mostly just shows Back to the Future when they've got nothing else to show. Um, so therefore, it can't be a Christmas movie anymore. So I'm not entirely sure. Well, okay, you guys have like started a segment on Christmas movies and then both like described movies that aren't actually have nothing to do with Christmas apart from being oh, on okay. at Christmas. Okay, so fine. come let's on. Do, let, let's try this again. Okay, I'm going to say Die Hard. Yay! Which you get a free pass on because it's, you know, set at Christmas. Therefore, technically a Christmas film. I, I know there's a big argument going on about this at the moment. It was on the radio. Um, they were discussing this. Um, it's a big argument between it's people as to whether it counts or not. Family value film. Yeah. It's about he coming back from his estranged family. It's basically It's a Wonderful Life with pseudo-terrorists. I like that. He, he learns the value of his family, gets his family back together, and it snows at the end. What more do you want? Why Why do you consider... Mm. And also Hans Gruber is an angel fallen from heaven. He is, and now I have a machine gun. Oh. I, oh, I saw somebody um, at uh, one of the conventions we went to this year that had that jumper. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I would say my favourite Christmas film these days is Arthur Christmas. I just love it. I think it's so good. Um, it's just got a brilliant sort of British sense of humour to it with the like the you know the cantankerous old grandpa Christmas and uh, um is it uh who plays um Steve is it oh uh, that Hugh Laurie it's Hugh Laurie isn't it yeah so Hugh Laurie playing uh playing um Steve, Steve who's the- yeah who's the who's the eldest son of Santa um who, who just wants to make everything modern and then sort of like Arthur who's the younger brother who wants to to keep it all traditional and it's so cute Oh. Uh, and the elf that can wrap anything in three, three pieces of tape. I'm like, I identify with that elf. <laughs> well, I'm going to just lower the tone more by saying my next film is, it's certainly Christmassy, but I'm going to go with a fairly recent one in The Wonderful Krampus. Yeah. Which is that is an amazing movie. Oh, love it's it. It's so funny. Um, I just, I love the dark. bit at the end where as well it has the... the Spoilers. Um, yeah. Yes. No, no, no. Okay, no spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it, but uh, the ending is really good. So. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, make- it's very clever. What I love about Krampus is it's so seeped in Christmas and different elements of lore, and it plays with so many little tropes. And it, it's both scary and works as a kind of dark gothic horror film, but also it's very funny, and characters are sort of very real for the most part. And... It, and you know, the same director did a brilliant Halloween pseudo-anthology, Trick or Treat, which is possibly the best Halloween film, um, of, you know, for that time of season. So I'm just saying, what's he going to do next? What's, what holidays is next uh, stop? Because... Look out Valentine's Day here. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify, I think there's more than one film named Krampus. Uh, we're talking about the one starring... Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Jacques from Bloodline. <laughs> Adam Scott, a.k.a. Jacques from Hellways of Bloodline, which I'm never going to let him forget. And he's also the really cool guy on the jet ski in Piranha 3D. Let's not forget that. And apparently he's in some comedy show that made him famous, but I'm never going to forget he's Jacques from Hellways of Bloodline. Just as much as I'm never going to forget that Henry Cavill is that guy from Hellways of Hellworld. So there we go. Yeah, that Krampus, not Krampus the Christmas Devil, which is... On Netflix, and I urge you never, ever to watch. Do ever. Not, do not go there. Do Just no. No. <laughs> I know Support indie film. I know this is a little bit off-piste somewhat, but whenever I'm talking about Christmas films, something that's come up recently is, what classifies as a Christmas film? Because... I, I think, come on who it was, but somebody mentioned to me about planes, trains and automobiles. 
which is an American Thanksgiving film, but it's so full of snow and it's so full about about getting to uh, to your family. Should it really be counted in a Christmas? Well, I think I think in America films? they kind of roll from Thanksgiving straight into Christmas in a way, don't they? Because Thanksgiving's right at the end of, of November for them. I think so. when it was shown over here, it's probably shown and associated with Christmas a lot more, just because there was even less awareness years ago of. I suppose it was a way of what, what, what holiday does this fit into best in the UK? <laughs> yeah, that probably yeah. Says, that probably explains it a lot. Is, is that your your second choice? <laughs> At the moment, yes. I don't know why. It just is. I, I, I'm just a sucker for uh, for John Candy. Um, so that's in terms of films. Now, uh, before the podcast, we talked about um, Christmas songs. And the, the Christmas song you're either most looking forward to hearing or the one that's been stuck in your head since the previous Christmas. I like your album that you've got that's the... Um a cool cool christmas the oh, yes. one about alan, pa- alan parsons in a winter wonderland i just love that it just makes me giggle which is sung by granddaddy oh. <laughs> uh, it's from the album xfm's it's a cool cool christmas every christmas the great titans come out and battle for which year's ultimate christmas song and it's always slade versus wizard which it's going to be it's never quite sure the darkness is usually there sat on the side you know supporting them both but it's those two it's it's not christmas there and will two never God. be another they, will, they are the gods of christmas music they are they are mm. and, and and i do just have to say another film however before at this point because i've left it with jason and the argonauts and krampus i'd just like to point out the third best christmas film of all time is elf <laughs> Yes, okay. I, I don't I even was, like Will Ferrell that much. No, exactly. I, I really... I, Will Ferrell is one of those people who I find I, I have to take, uh, you know, film by film because some stuff that he's done annoys me to an Adam Sandler level of, 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 uh, of cringeworthiness. <laughs> Other things he's done, I think, have been really good, like um, Stranger Than Fiction is one of... is a fantastic film. Um, and there's you know, a couple of others. And Elf, I think. Parts of it great on me, but mostly it's just hilarious. I, I think the thing is, well, the thing is, even the parts that are great are so deliberately over the top and cyclically uh, sweet. It's just, there's something about Elf that's so infectiously ridiculous. And I just wanted to, to end that point on, I'm not just watching Christmas horror films. I actually yeah, give, do give, like given Elf. That you do have a family and four children and, you know, that you don't just watch them, make them watch Krampus and things like that. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, but songwise, Rich. Oh yes, and in terms of music, at the moment, my um, I'm split between the Wombat is this Christmas, which is a, a fantastic pastiche on Christmas, not you know being very Christmassy, and about basically your mother spending all her time in, in in the kitchen and being really upset with everyone, and basically everyone just falling asleep and so on and so forth. Also, it's like like a realistic Christmas yeah, realistic song. Christmas song. <laughs> Uh, that uh, mixed with uh, all-time lows, Merry Christmas, Kiss My Ass. <laughs> Realistic Christmas songs, we can't not mention the Pogues, then, really. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, Classic. I think we, we were safe to agree that one of the best Christmas songs, of course, is Merry Christmas from Chiron Beta Prime. Oh, of oh, course, yes. Chiron yes. Beta Prime oh, by John very Colton. true. <laughs> that is true. It's, it's a classic. We're working in a mine. Yeah. yeah. In addition, uh, Jonathan Coulton and John Roderick's album One Christmas at a Time is also a very good one, including a song all about the time that John Roderick received an Atari 2600 for Christmas. It's a good album. Hmm. You should listen to it. Did you ever get an Atari 600 for Christmas? Uh, No, I got a Mega Drive. 
Um, <laughs> that was for the best. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a mix. Because my songs are either really amazing, like Slade and Wizard, as we mentioned and stuff, or they're just really depressing. I think, in a way, a lot of the depressing ones do fall by the wayside, but not all of them. Um, Sadly some not. of them stick around. A space band came traveling oh. um, last Christmas. And some of them can be good, um, like. Um, oh, no, see, last no, Christmas I quite. Yeah, but it's it's a depressing song. Yeah, it is, but it's quite um, a good song. I mean, was or, it the Drummer Boy one? Uh, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's um, just, yeah. What else do we have? Um, oh, yeah, we're ending this on depressing yeah, Also, Christmas there's song. like the really sappy sort of like poppy ones that are like just people trying to cash in, which you just think, no. Nope. Oh, Band-Aid 20, you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, it, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without mentioning the fact that The Darkness is a number two Christmas song because it was beaten by Mad World that year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is perhaps yeah. the most... Just says a lot about the British public, really. I think it's the epitome of Christmas, the darkness and mad world. You put them together and that's, that that's is Christmas, Christmas summarised, British I think, Christmas, for many people. Yeah. Akamba, did Rage Against the Machine come, uh, have one Christmas? They did, I think, against... Um, that was one of the X Factor finals, I think. Yeah. They decided they owned the Christmas number one for a few years. And I suppose that extends into Christmas traditions. What we are most looking forward to as uh, things that we do at Christmas. Eat mince pies. Get food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, spe- Rich and I have, uh, have, have developed this new tradition. Um, we started a new tradition because, you know, it's traditions have to start somewhere. And so um, the, uh, well, it be, we've done three years now, so it would have been 2014's, uh, you know, Christmas. We decided we were, it was one of the first times we both were working and didn't have an awful lot of time off. And we just decided we wanted a bit of time to ourselves. So we were going to have Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, sorry, was going to be our day for just the two of us. And we decided we were going to cook ourselves a Christmas dinner. Um, and, but given that we are then going to get carted around from relative to relative and probably get another three Christmas dinners, we decided not to go with the traditional British Christmas dinner. We decided to do a themed Christmas dinner. So that year we made Mexican Christmas um, and we found some recipes and we cooked a... Well, turkey's actually obviously originating in the Yucatan Peninsula, so we did still have a turkey because turkey is still a, a, a tradition in in, uh, in that part of the world. Mm. Uh, but we cooked it in a, a Mexican style and I made my own tamales and uh, that was all very cool. Uh, the year after that, we were a bit pushed for time, so we did American Trailer Park, uh, <laughs> in which case we went to Little and bought frozen everything, including a three-bird roast, and we had everything <laughs> everything frozen, cooked in the oven. Yeah. And then last year, we did Swedish, which was very cool. Um, it did involve Rich driving around everywhere in Bristol trying to find somewhere that sold sprats in a can. Um, so, Swedish anchovies. <laughs> we did, Swedish fight. anchovies. Which are which sprats are, that are flavoured like anchovies. Yes, yeah, anchovy-style frats, sprats. Um, they're actually Norwegian weirdly enough the the Sprats but they are a big part of something called Janssen's Temptation which is a really big um, popular traditional Christmas dish in Sweden uh, which is matchstick potatoes and cream and fish Um, it sounds weird but it's actually really good are you perhaps going to do if you want another cheap one you should do the, the, the alternative Japanese Christmas what is that? because there's it's actually um it's become quite popular in uh, Japan on Christmas Day for Christmas to have traditional American cuisine, which is KFC. Oh, I That's like it. Okay, massive... well, that, we could hold that one in the base because <laughs> this year we are doing um, German, although we haven't fully worked out what we're going to do yet. One of the things will involve me making my own soft pretzels because I... If you don't have Stolen, it's not a German Christmas. 
No stolen, no German Christmas. We probably will do a stolen. Yeah. Um, yeah. One year we're probably going to do Italian, but this year we're going to do we're going to do German. Um, as I said, I'm going to make my own soft pretzels because I just love soft pretzels. As being one quarter German, I'm going to judge this German Christmas immensely. <laughs> If you guys out there actually have any suggestions on how to make a German Christmas, then obviously his is up on our Facebook page or our Twitter. There you go. Um, send, me, send me Twitter things to um, at Chrissy Writes on Twitter and tell me how, how to celebrate German Christmas. Uh, so that's Hitler our... Hitler related memes incoming five, Oi. four, three, two, one. <laughs> so that's our Christmas tradition is Christmas Eve themed Christmas dinner from around the world, learning a little bit about other cultures and how they celebrate Christmas through food. Uh, my Christmas tradition, as Chrissy pointed out, is travelling from place to place, seeing big parts of the country. The family tour. On the family tour. We um, being the, the, the relatives with no children, uh, we are <laughs> obliged to be the one who, who, who actually travel to everywhere, aren't we? So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I don't mind. This year in a crazy nation, I'm having my brother and his partner around and we're having our own Christmas dinner instead of going around to my mum's. So, that's it for this episode of Breakout. All your favourite moments of 2017. Let us know on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tgbreakout, or find us on Twitter at at tgbreakout. Also, you can listen back to our previous episodes on our website, thegreatescape.com, and on TuneIn and Stitcher. In the next episode, we talk about what we're looking forward to in 2018. So, from Chrissy, Mark and me, Rich, it's bye for now. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, oh, oh. Oh.